Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, what's going on? Hey, Eric. Uh, You know, so much, but all is good. I'm excited to uh, be having another podcast episode to go down on the books today. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm excited because, like you said earlier, you're about to launch your own radio station over there. You've got a guest in the studio. I do. It looks all professional. Yeah. It is. Yes. I think my private Vista might be shifting where I'm going to be a radio show manager and DJ after I'm done uh, with this wealth management thing. Cool hits with private Vista. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So who'd you bring in? Yeah. So um, today in studio with me, I have another one of my fabulous colleagues, Will Hausen. And the topic that we're going to discuss really lends itself to the title of our podcast. So much of the conversation we have with our clients revolves around the emotions that they have that actually all of us experience when we're thinking about or talking about our money. I mean, we're human beings, not robots, right, Eric? Absolutely. So Will is going to share some of his insights of how we help clients better manage their emotions when they're talking about their finances. I love this topic. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I am too. So welcome to the studio, Will. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm extremely excited. Perfect. As are we. So before we jump into our discussion of where I know you're going to share a lot of great tips and a lot of your wisdom, I'd like to share a little bit about you so our listeners know something about you. Will is an advisor who is coming up on his two-year anniversary with Private Vista and also about to enter his eighth year in the wealth management industry. He has spent the majority of his time being a wealth advisor. He is a certified financial planner who graduated from Indiana University. And in addition to working with clients on their personal wealth management needs, he also advises on qualified planning clients to help business owners design the best retirement plan for their company. Will lives in downtown Chicago with his lovely girlfriend, Kirsten, and their adorable dog, Milo. Will, do you want to share a little bit about what you, Kirsten, and Milo like to do when uh, you're not hard at work for our clients? Yeah, absolutely. We live in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. We have a two-year-old dog named Milo who takes up a lot of our time and of our attention. But we love to explore different parks with Milo, try different restaurants in the city and different neighborhoods. And we love to play sports such as golf and pickleball. That is great. I know you and I have had the opportunity to get out on the golf course a couple of times and uh, look forward to doing it hopefully here in the near future. Hopefully. I've been checking the weather app every day, looking for an opportunity that it's 50 degrees or above. I agree. I agree. The good news is I think we're closer to that than we were even just a few weeks ago. Hopefully. 
Okay, excellent. Well, now that our listeners know a little bit about you, Will, why don't we kind of just get into the topic at hand today? I shared a little bit about kind of what we're going to talk about it in the intro, but it's under the broad umbrella or label of behavioral finance. So why don't you kind of start off and um, before, if you maybe want to talk about how this became of interest to you or how you decided to explore it a little more deeply? Certainly. So to first answer that question, I want to take a step back and let you know exactly why I entered the industry and why I wanted to become an advisor. And the main reason is because my main passion is helping people. And my other passion is diving into different financial planning topics. So more specifically on today's topic, one of the topics that I'm most interested in is behavioral finance. And to kind of preface exactly why I'm so drawn to this topic, I want to share an alarming statistic from a Dalbar study that is done every single year that shows the average investor returns versus the average market returns. And Dalbar is a Boston-based research firm that has been studying investor behavior for the last 30 years. And their most recent study showed that the average equity or stock investor returned 7.13% over a 30-year period ending on December 31st, 2021. During that same time period, the S&P 500, which represents the 500 largest U.S. publicly traded stocks, returned 10.65% annually. So that's a 3.52% difference annually over 30 years between average investor returns and average market returns. And to put those percentages into dollar figures, if a client at a $100,000 portfolio that returned 7.13% annually, the future value would be 790000 while the future value of a $100,000 portfolio that returned 10.65% or the average market return would have been just over $2 million. So as you can see there, there's basically a $1.2 million gap that can be- um, That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. We're not that, talking about just a few nickels here to rub together. Exactly. That's life-changing money that offers a lot of different opportunities for individuals or can kind of turn them away from different opportunities if they- you know, made some of those mistakes emotionally. But basically, the reason that that we're diving into this topic today is to make sure that investors don't get in their own way, because that's what happens a lot of time. And there's a lot of different outside influences, especially in today's world, which can hurt them financially. So, you know, it's our job as advisors at Private Vista to act as emotional circuit breakers by circumventing our client tendencies to chase returns or run for cover in emotionally challenged markets. I know I've been doing this just slightly longer than you have. And uh, oftentimes I feel that um, I should have taken more psychology classes in college or they should include more of them, even if you're going to be a business, any type of business major, because while we do we project and show the numbers and things like that, people are still human beings. And a lot of what uh, we do for our clients here at Private Vista is listen to our clients so that they have a safe place to, you know, voice their concerns, their fears, what's keeping them up at night, but then also educate them so that they can stay the course. Because as we both know, we're not managing uh, our clients' monies for today, tomorrow, this month, even this year. Exactly. Yeah. So I know with our process that um, I've talked about with our listeners, you know, it's a long-term approach 
And uh, we have a lot of different things we put into the process to, as much as possible, help clients be able to ride out the short-term volatility where nerves really come into play. Definitely. And I loved what you said there is that we're human beings. Right. If we were machines, this topic wouldn't really exist, but ultimately we're all human beings. Yes. I think you and I would be out of jobs as well. (laughs) So so there is that. (laughs) Great. So you talked a little bit about why this is of interest. You gave some high level statistics, which I think, you know, that's real money and definitely could if someone um, was not working with an advisor and or didn't have the stomach to be able to stay the course. I mean, we've seen in the last three years, a lot of volatility, both to the up and the downside. And uh, I think too, Will, maybe do you want to comment on it's we tend to focus on the downside volatility, which makes sense because there are decisions you can make that you cannot recover from. Could you share maybe where we've seen some common mistakes or how you've helped clients when we've had upside volatility? Yeah, absolutely. And and to that point that you just made, loss aversion, that's when we typically feel or remember losses more. So in those down markets, we remember those time and that pain more than we do in the up markets just because of the principle of loss aversion. Interesting. Exactly. So we remember those losses a lot more. And in up markets, how we can help our clients is that typically when we're at the bottom of that bear market or that down market is when clients are feeling their worst. You know, they're feeling the least amount of confidence about what's going to happen going forward, the markets, the economy, whatever it may be. So it's our job to educate them and make sure that they understand that typically that's when the best investment returns are experienced and to be on the sideline could be really detrimental for your financial plan going forward. Interesting. So building on that, I agree. It's hard as as a human being when when things are pretty dire. I mean, no one, not even Warren Buffett knows when the absolute bottom of the market is. But it is hard to be saying, yes, I want to put money in, especially when there's no guarantee that it couldn't go down more before then rebounding. When we've been working with clients, what are some of the things you've used with them to be able to allow them to overcome that fear? Because you know that, like you said, price matters, right? It matters with everything we buy in life, but certainly with your investments. And um, as long as you still believe in what you're buying and it's, you know, just on sale, I know we all say to our clients, you know, everyone loves buying things on sale except their investments. But what are some of the strategies um, you and or you've seen other advisors at Private Vista employ to get clients to be able to? do what's going to help them over the long run, even though it's scary today. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to that word that you mentioned earlier, educating. Okay. So the more proactive we can be with that education, you know, we feel that the sort of the quicker that our clients can understand exactly how that works. And part of that is in down markets, reminding them that this does happen every few years and back that up with some statistics to show that this does happen and what happens afterwards can be really beneficial for a portfolio, but then also to act as a sounding board so that when we are in those moments that can feel like a financial crisis. So we act as a soundboard for our clients. So in those moments when whether it's they just want a little bit of reassurance or whether they want to know exactly how we're feeling about the markets and the economy, we're there to, we've already educated them, but now we're there to confirm exactly what we've educated them along the way. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And especially, um, I know 
again, over the last few years, we've been having these conversations pretty much with all of our clients is down markets, bear markets. It's part of the, I'm not a big fan of the word normal. So I like to say it's part of the typical market cycle or it's all part of being an investor. So everyone invests to make money, but we all understand that there are going to be points in time where the portfolio or your investments, and as long as you don't sell, it is truly only on paper, will be down in value. And I would just like to add on to the comments you made that one of the ways that we have helped clients be able to invest even during times of um, when the markets are down, there's a lot of fear, all bad news coming out of the media outlets is, um, you know, we'll look at saying, hey, you don't need to put all the money in on day one, right? So the technical term is dollar cost averaging. But really what it means is you'll invest your cash over a period of time. There's no magic number of months or anything like that. You could do it over three months, over six months, over 12 months. But what it does is it allows us to come up with a program that is built on logic and strategy. And therefore, you're not trying to say, oh, what's the S&P at? Or what do we think the Fed's going to say when they meet on Wednesday? It's more just that on the first of the month, we're going to do X number of dollars. And uh, the idea would be if things are down in price, you're buying it on sale. And then when they do start going back up in price, that's great because your shares, you know, you've bought more shares and now they're worth more. And you know what? It could work too that you the next month, maybe they're down lower in price. But again, you're not trying to um, time the market. And we know, especially illustrated by the statistic you shared at the start of the episode was it will help you over time. Definitely. So then do you maybe want to talk about the study that shows the value that working with an advisor can add to a client's return? Yeah, Absolutely. Advisors Alpha is a great study. Before we get into that study, um, I'd love to explain sort of the difference between behavioral finance and traditional finance. That'd be great. I think that would be great to kind of provide a little bit of background there. Perfect. You know, in order to understand that the gap in the statistic that I provided earlier between investment return, meaning what the market's doing and actual investor return or human return, we could think of that as, it's important to understand what exactly behavioral finance is and how it differs from traditional finance. So traditional finance assumes that investors are rational and that they have enough data and information to make logical decisions all the time. It differs between behavioral finance because in behavioral finance, we know that investors, as we mentioned earlier, aren't machines and that they're human beings and that psychological features um, and emotions can affect decisions as it relates to investments. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of times we can get in our own way and understanding certain behavioral finance mistakes, such as fear, overconfidence, going with your gut feeling, following the herd mentality or following what others do, or even resisting to comfortability are some of the mistakes that we can make often all the time if we're not aware of them. Right. And I think oftentimes we're not aware of them, right? So they're unconscious or subconscious. And unless you have someone who 
is knowledgeable in the traditional finance, but can then overlay or apply the fact that you're still dealing with a human being. That's where I think our collective wisdom um, at Private Vista and experience, we can share that with clients who it might be their first time going through a down market, you know, if you were invested back in 08, 09. Certainly, I think for any investor who's alive today, it's the first time any of us have gone through investing during a worldwide pandemic. We know it's happened before, but it was well over 100 years ago. So there might be one or two investors still out there, but... And the difference now between this pandemic and over 100 years ago is that, you know, they didn't have global TV back then. Oh, that's a great point. (laughs) You know, a huge example of behavioral finance mistakes that were happening during COVID and in the height of 2020 is that people were stuck at home with nothing to do. So what were they doing? They were turning on the TV and they were following the stock market closely. And many investors fell into that trap of the herd mentality, which I just mentioned a few moments ago, where you can kind of follow the bandwagon of what the majority of people are doing. And a lot of people during that year were following different meme stocks or stocks recommended by certain television programs. And that can be really dangerous when you make decisions based on what other people in the media are telling you, rather than sticking to the data and certain risk factors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like so many things in the world are evolving, right? Whether it's our smartphones and now you can pretty much have an app for everything that you need to do in day-to-day life and then for entertainment, even our world of investment and what options or um, what you can invest in has become available, that certainly has been a I would think we're going to see many studies on the behavioral finance when you're when people start to look back and unpack not only the meme stocks but NFTs and cryptocurrency and things like that because that came out of the gate pretty strong and we've also seen it over the last year or so get beat up probably one of the worst parts of the market. So to our listeners, I'm not saying that that is completely washed up, if you will, but it has been an interesting to watch just in such a short period of time, the uh, tremendous highs that those markets reached and then just the huge lows that they've reached as well. And it hurt a lot of people. There was a lot of people out there that basically put their entire savings into one or two meme stocks or sort of speculative stocks. And that was certain situations detrimental to their situation. Right. Probably in that extreme of situation, would you agree that's something you're probably not going to recover from? It would be really tough. Right. Well, great. What else would you like to add just either in comparing traditional to behavioral finance or... That was really it. You know, I wanted to reference that 2020 example. And and we referenced an example earlier about you know, individuals being hesitant to get back into the market when it is down. You know, I really hit upon all those points, but it was just important to kind of break out the difference between traditional finance and behavioral finance and remembering that behavioral finance focuses on the fact that we are humans and psychological factors and emotions can affect the decisions that we make. And that parlays into, you know, that question that you asked a few moments ago about the Advisors Alpha study at Vanguard. And it's a study that comes out uh, basically every year or so from Vanguard, and it tries to calculate and quantify the actual alpha or value that an advisor is bringing to a particular investor or a client. And in their study, 
they've calculated that advisors add an average of 3% in net returns annually after their fees. And half of that 3% value added comes from um, diversification, the cost of investments and rebalancing of portfolios on a proactive basis. But the other half or the majority of that value they see comes from behavioral coaching. So it's exactly what we've been talking about for a majority of today's session. Yeah, and that's that is not insignificant. Three percent, especially if I know it's on average. You know, we're not in a linear world, regardless of where you're investing or with whom you're working. But three percent over time, you know, we have. Uh, I know you talk about this often when you're educating our retirement plan clients is, uh, we call it the eighth wonder of the world, power of compounding. That's right. I mean, that can really add up. Even if you look at over 14 years using the rule of 72, you double your money. Definitely. So that can really add some extra dollars or yeah, some extra zeros to the left of the decimal point to your portfolio. Yeah. And as we've mentioned, you know, education upfront is important so that investors understand that when these bad or troubling times do happen, that you're hopefully prepared for those situations. So that's the first step. But then the second step that the study focuses on is when you are in those troubling moments, making sure that you do stick to the plan. Because it's easy, right, to say, hey, when the market's down 20%, I'm going to keep my investments. In fact, I'm going to continue to save monthly as I normally do. Right. But then when the market's down 20%, there's global headlines that are scaring everybody. Maybe there's a global pandemic. Maybe there's a, a tech love, crisis. I love you're like, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Who knows? I mean, maybe we're visited from aliens outside of our planet. Who knows at that point? But the point is, is that there are things that are going to pop up along the way that are going to make us feel very worrisome mm -hmm. and they could sort of knock us off our game plan. So the Advisors Alpha shows that not just you know, making sure that they're prepared beforehand to expect it, but also when those moments are happening to act as a sounding board and then to talk our clients off the ledge in those moments of worry. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, I, I agree. I've been through uh, quite a few market corrections in my career, as have all of us, all of the advisors at Private Vista. So this last go around wasn't anyone's first rodeo, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I agree. Clients like hearing some statistics. You know, this isn't the first time the market's had some bumps in the roads and things like that. But oftentimes, I think just taking the time to listen, letting our clients share their concerns, what's on their mind, talking about, does this even apply to them? Because oftentimes, whatever the latest headline is, or maybe their friend forwarded them an article or their boss or colleague was talking about sometimes, oftentimes I found, you know what, that doesn't even apply to you, right? You're not even invested in that part of the market. Or guess what? You've got enough in cash that you can maintain your lifestyle for the next year. Right. And that's why it's so important to have a plan so that you do have cash set aside for those moments. And just having that cash reserve set aside, knowing 
that a client doesn't have to liquidate investments for a certain need coming up. Exactly. Can really help ease sort of some of those worries as well. Yes, absolutely. They can still choose to maybe modify their spending if it just emotionally makes them feel better. You know, maybe they're like, ah, oh, we're not going to remodel the kitchen this year, or we're not going to take the big annual family trip this year. But it's they're making a choice. And to your point, it's an informed choice or decision. Right. Um, and if they did choose to do it, they would have the cash on hand. So again, still riding out the typical down part of the market cycle and not needing to sell during it. Exactly. Yeah. So what about, Will, we've talked a lot about the downside, which I think is important and where oftentimes we've um, we do get a lot more calls or we have a lot more conversations with clients. But how about we maybe highlight, you know, when we see clients getting too excited or too positive about the markets and emotions also would, I'd say, factor in for those investment decisions as well. So the first aspect of that, I believe, is you know having a plan because you can take on too much risk. You could invest too much if you don't have enough cash set aside. But isn't there the old adage of, I'm just going to play devil's advocate of, you know, more risk, more return? Certainly, the more risk you take on, the more return you can achieve, but you also have to have a time horizon. So you, if you're saving for retirement and that's 30 years down the line, absolutely. But if you know that you're going to need money for a down payment soon or for a large purchase as a house remodel or a car purchase, you're going to need to make sure that you have cash set aside for that because if you just invest that money thinking the market will go up in a short amount of time, maybe a year or less or two years or less, it's very possible for the market to kind of stumble within that short time period. So it's important to understand the time horizon for the money that you're setting aside. So it is possible to take on too much risk and try to invest too aggressively for a short-term need. I agree with you. I know it pains people. It's probably not as painful now that interest rates have come up quite a bit. You can actually get four or five percent in a money market or you know a short-term treasury. But we went for you know since 08, 09, we've been at zero percent interest rates for so long. You literally were not making any money sitting on cash. And I've got another example for oh, you. Oh, great! Well, Please share of, it. Um, in those sort of bull markets or when things are going good. So when things are going good, what people like to do is they look at their portfolio, how it's returning, and then look at some of maybe the best mutual funds out there or the best returning stocks. And then what they'll try to do is try to chase that performance. They'll try to invest into something that has already performed extremely well in the past. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is a really bad decision because past performance is certainly not indicative of future returns. That if, is true. If anything, something that's been performing so well over the last several months or years typically goes out of favor a little bit in the near term. So it's important to understand that you should be investing for something because it matches with your goals and your time horizon and your risk tolerance, not because it's been performing extremely well in in the recent months. Yes, I know we've seen we have a great chart which I'm not going to reference cuz we're not showing a visual, but um it is a good visual of explaining exactly what you just shared is generally speaking whatever performed best last year is in the, you know, one of the worst performers the next year. So again, in any asset class that you're evaluating, even if it's the best asset class over a 10 or 20 year period, it's highly likely that 
if you're looking at 10 years, maybe two or three of those 10 years, that asset class was at the bottom of the group. But if you wrote it through because of their outperformance, the other seven or eight years, they actually end up near top of the class over that full 10 years. And that speaks to diversification, but that could be a whole nother podcast topic within itself. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I know all of us at Private Vista are big fans of diversification, <laughs> so it does work. We know it's it's not sexy, folks. We know that. That's why the media doesn't talk about it, but it does work <laughs> over time. So, well, great. I think, too, on the upside as well, um, we've seen clients who, when we are in up markets, that they say, hey, are we leaving money on the table? And so again, do we maybe if we were in the, most people know about the 60-40 allocation, 60% growth or stocks, 40% bonds or fixed income. And, you know, people, I, I get it. They they want to make sure they're maximizing their wealth and they're positioned uh, as best as possible to make money. But I do think we do kind of forget about, especially as you were talking about that recency bias is, um, uh, you know, the market was up last year. So maybe I should put, let's go 70, 30, or maybe even 80, 20 with some of our portfolio. Cause then I can really juice the returns. And to that point, I, I call it FOMO, mm -hmm. fear of missing out and more specifically cocktail party FOMO. So Ooh, you know, I like that. You're at a cocktail party. You're happy with how you're investing. Maybe I've had a couple too many drinks where things are getting personal with people's portfolios and sure. hear of another individual at the party that references their returns in a particular time period. And you were happy going into that conversation with your portfolio until you heard of someone else's performance or experience. And that's when you started to get that fear of missing out. But ultimately, everyone's situation is you know, very personalized. So Who, true. In that situation there where someone was achieving a lot more returns, who knows how much extra risk they were taking on? Exactly. And, and who knows how they were doing in a really bad market? Right. I think also when when we get those calls, it's like, oh yeah, my the person I was talking to at the cocktail party or um my friend I was on the golf course with, you know, they talk about, oh, I doubled my money in a year or things like that. One thing I know, um, our next question always is, well, did they tell you about the nine times yeah. where they lost all the money or they got, you know, 1% return? They're like, no, they didn't mention that. So again, as human beings, I think we like to highlight our successes and our good decisions that worked out how we hoped they would. Exactly. Yeah. So, Will, I could be here all day with you, um, and I'm sure we'll have you back for another podcast. Do you want to maybe share some of the common mistakes that you've helped our clients avoid? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we try to keep it simple for the most part and just keep it to a few different points. And we think that in today's day and age, not being swayed by the news and not turning on the news channel and you know being glued to it for several hours a day and letting sort of their narrative influence how you're feeling and your decisions. I think that's one. I think another one is to not check your portfolio every single day. You know, that can be hard when you have a retirement savings that's on the line, but ultimately we do experience volatility on a daily basis and keeping more of a longer term perspective is a lot more beneficial. And then lastly, just having a plan and sticking to it. Um, harder to do when you're by yourself, but if you are working with an advisor, 
that situation can be a lot easier because you do have someone to kind of bounce those opinions off of and get confirmation of and make sure that you're not making an emotional decision for yourself. You have someone else that's acting as a fiduciary on your behalf. Yes, I I couldn't agree more. And I do want to just circle back to one of your prior comments of when you're constructing your portfolio or making the decision of how much risk you want to take on, you can actually confirm how much risk you need Mm -hmm. to take on if you're looking at your overall or comprehensive situation and taking into consideration all the different pieces of your financial puzzle. That's a great point. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that from what you mentioned before, because many of our clients, when they're first joining uh, working with Private Vista, I would say more often than not, they're surprised that they don't need to take on more risk or quite... um, or in addition, they could perhaps take on a little less risk and still be able to be on track to achieve the goals that they're trying to accomplish for themselves and their loved ones. And that's what it's all about. Yes, I love it. I agree. So, all right. Well, with that, one of the things that I ask all my guests on the podcast is assuming there were no constraints, right? No money, no time. You could live anywhere in the world. Where would you like to live and why? Wow. That is a really tough question. Um, bunch of places come to mind. And I love Chicago, especially in the summer. Yes. If you asked me this question in June, I'd have a different answer than in January. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, you know, if I had to pick just one place, I would say Charleston. Oh, I, interesting. Why I is love, that? Yeah. I love Charleston. It's a beautiful city with really good food, perfect Ooh. weather, great beaches. I love to golf. Um, and a ton to do in the surrounding areas. And my girlfriend, Kirsten, would be proud of that answer. She's a University of Charleston alum. Oh, so, so are you kind of catering uh, catering to the, to I the girlfriend some, at home? Not doing it just for brownie <laughs> points, although, Kirsten, I hope you're listening. Um, but, I hope she is, too. <laughs> but she introduced me to Charleston, and, and we visited a few times, and I just love everything about that small city. That's great. Yeah. That's great. It's been on my list to get back to. I haven't been since I was in high school, and I've heard all great things about You'd it. You'd love it being a foodie. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I'll have to get some recommendations from you when I get it on the list. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, Will, thank you so much for being in the studio with me today and sharing just a little bit of your wisdom and your knowledge with our listeners. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a great opportunity to share my passion about behavioral finance. Well, Will and Nicole, this has been fantastic. I got two things. Number one, I had to chuckle because you said, you know, if we were normal you know, people, well, not normal, but, you know, for <laughs> traditional investing, right, that assumes that we're rational people. Right. I was shopping for ice cream a couple of days ago, and I, I couldn't even be rational shopping for ice cream. I mean, so <laughs> I, how am I possibly going to be rational in investing? Uh, so I, I, I chose three of them. So Eric, one. That's, that's actually a behavioral finance term. We call that paralysis analysis, overanalyzing a decision to the fact that you can't actually make a decision. Oh, no, no. I made a decision, but I bought three containers of ice cream. That's a problem. <laughs> That is a problem. <laughs> well, it's not a problem in my house because I have three flavors to choose from every night. Anyway, we'll we'll just move past that. But the other thing is, I love Charleston. It just that's if if I'm asked that question, that's where I'm going. Mount Pleasant, that little area, all of those. It's just a wonderful area. So maybe we'll be neighbors one day. That'd be fantastic. And you can come over for ice cream. Hey, I'd love that. And it sounds like you're going to have enough to share. 
Uh, plenty. I got plenty. And <laughs> Trust then me. some. Trust me. And then yeah, for when Nicole comes. Yep, absolutely. Exactly. All right. Well, again, thank you both. This has been a fantastic podcast. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This woman, Nicole, comes out with a new podcast. It'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.